0: This is Influencing Insider, the weekly webinar that interviews Australia and New Zealand's best journalists about how they like to work with communications professionals. To view our complete library of episodes and register for the live shows, head to influencing.com forward slash insider. Hello and welcome to Influencing Insider. I'm your host, Elliot Richardson, and joining me today from Finder is Sarah Megginson, and I'm just bringing Sarah online at the moment. If this is your first time visiting Influencing Insider, welcome very much. Uh, you can uh, ask questions to Sarah during the episode, just drop them in the chat box on the right-hand side of your screen. We'll get through them as we go. Um, Sarah, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Not a problem. As I mentioned, you're there at Finder, but can you give us an idea of what you do at Finder?
1: Yeah, sure. So Finder, for people don't know, is a um, comparison website. Uh, we compare almost everything under the sun to do with um, managing your finances and your household utilities and things like that. Um, and I am head of our money editorial team. So I have a team of journalists who write um, and research all things to do with home loans, credit cards, personal loans, you know, anything to do with managing your money falls into our team. Um, so it's a really varied role, very, very interesting. There's always crazy things happening in the money world, (laughs) always uh, policies changing and, you know, new things turning up. So never a dull moment.
0: So you guys covering kind of the news of the day and uh, combined with, you know, reviewing like financial products and, and what else is out there kind of in the money market.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So we have it's a combo of um, review, reviewing, sorry, I stumble on that word, reviewing products um, and different um, kind of when new lenders say launch, if there's a new fintech in the market um, or if there's a brand new product that comes out that is really kind of changing the game, we might um, review that. Uh, we also try to do a lot of breaking news. So this morning, for instance, I spent a couple of hours working on a story about the rental crisis, which is uh, only getting worse with all of these floods. Um, And, you know, I did a couple of interviews with experts, grabbed some um, stats about it and a few case studies and pulled together a story to kind of put we always try to put a a bit of a human face onto stories. Um, You know, data is really good and it's a great place to start, but we like to put a human angle onto it as well where we can. Um, So, yeah, things that impact everyday Australians is always something we're interested in covering.
0: And I imagine you're pretty busy at the moment. The budget's next week. We've got a federal election coming up in May. Um, so what are you, uh, l- I guess, looking at? What's going to be going to be your focus and your team's focus in the next couple of months, given, as you said, the rental market's an issue, housing affordability, it, every, the price of everything seems to be going up. So what are you guys focusing on?
1: Yes, that's a really good question um, and a little bit of everything. Uh, I, I think that's what I mean when I say it's never a dull moment. There's just always policy changes, Um, you know, last year the RBA uh, kind of the the general theme or the guide that everyone was saying is that the rba is not going to raise rates until 2024 at the earliest and then we saw from about october november last year it really changed kind of overnight and then the economists that we were talking to were suddenly saying no we think we're going to see something in 2023 um and now this year as we were almost finished our first quarter of this year but this year as it's kicked off um we are now seeing banks like i just spoke to an economist from Combank last week and he has earmarked june as potentially the first rba rate rise so things like that we're always interested in um, trying to get to the bottom of why um, everything that whenever we're working on stories we're always um, looking for the how does this impact someone angle. So um, it's all well and good that the RBA is is raising rates, but what does that actually mean for an average consumer, an average person that has a home loan or a credit card or a you know a savings account? Um, we're always trying to work out that why does this matter factor of the story. Um, You mentioned the budget. Yes, uh, we have uh, in our money team, we've got five of us, five journalists and editors in the money team. And we had a really funny conversation yesterday talking about the budget because we were trying to allocate who's going to do it live on the night, you know, sit there with their laptop and and do live coverage, who's going to work on it the next day and worked out that we're all very much budget nerds because most of us were like well we're going to be watching it anyway whether we're writing about it or not we're going to be watching it because um you know we all have a personal interest in this stuff as well um so yeah definitely got an eye on the budget uh last year's budget was was pretty full-on there was lots of announcements in it um this year we're following the leaks and there's not too much that has come out yet um last year we had some changes to super and we also had the um i think it was the first home guarantee that allowed single parents to buy with a 2% deposit. Um, so that was a pretty big policy change and something like that. When that gets announced, we would definitely want to get that live on our site pretty quickly because uh, people will want more information. And we are always just trying to distill complex or um, not, they don't even have to be complex, but we're trying to distill uh, information that, that is a, can be difficult to understand or to work out how it impacts you, we're trying to make that easy to understand. Um, so we will definitely be, you know, watching what happens out of the budget next week and um, trying to, yeah, put some coverage together for that.
0: So would your live coverage essentially be just kind of bearing out what the policy decisions are and then your follow-up coverage over the next couple of days would be speaking to those experts and the people directly impacted by the, the, the budget announcements?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So um, the immediate kind of stories that we would do would just be the the nuts and bolts: what is the policy, how does it impact you, how can you access it, that kind of thing. And then afterwards, that's when we would reach out to experts and try to put some shape and context around it, I guess, um, so that um, we can look at the broader trends. Like for instance, last year when the budget happened, um, and that first home buyer. Guarantee came out. Um, we straight away did a did a story on it, but then in the couple of weeks afterwards, we started interviewing experts about how this impacts, um, you know, single parents who could who could qualify for it, what the bigger trends are around first home buyers in the market. At that time, first home buyers were very very active, so you know we looked for trend pieces on is this going to keep first home buyers in the market for a little bit longer? Um, also looking at some of the risks, you know, buying with a two percent um, deposit is quite risky. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you have a 98% loan, um, you know, if prices fall, which is something that we're now expecting could happen, or at the very least prices are going to stabilise and you don't have any growth, um, you know, you're in quite a vulnerable position there. So looking at the whole picture of what people need to be aware of and, you know, balancing out all the different sides of the story.
0: So in what aspects then do you work with PR and marketing professionals?
1: Yes, yeah, So I've been a journalist for 20 years. So I am, you know, I love PR. Uh, you, you can make my life really easy sometimes. So um, working with, uh, you know, specialist PR agencies that kind of are in the the finance or the lifestyle areas that we're reporting on is always really helpful. Um, we, we get, obviously, we get a lot of press releases, I would say on an average day, I probably, you know, delete 90% of them um, because either the, the products or the commentary is just completely not related to anything we would cover or it's um, just a sales pitch, you know. So it's like we have launched this product. Would you like to cover it? Well, no, probably not. Um, but if it's we've, we've uh, done this research, we've looked at this, um, this data, we're following this trend and we've now created this product in response to that and would you like a case study to talk about how it changed their life, then that would be something we might be interested in. Um, so, yeah, definitely love working with PRs. Um, I've I've got a balance, I guess, of some uh, PR people that I've been working with for years, and that's obviously a really great relationship because then when you have a relevant story, you can contact them and say, hey, I'm working on this. Do you, I know you've got an expert economist or you've got an expert um, buyer's agent. Can you get me, you know, link me up with them today? I need some com- commentary by 5 o'clock or... You know, I'm, even if it's not timely, I'm working on the story and I need three experts, who have you got? Um, that's really, really helpful. And that, I would say, is the um, majority of my how I work with PR. Um, getting press releases, uh, it's unlikely that, I would, that we would probably write a story just based off a press release. What I tend to do, though, is if I get a press release, um, I will, if the expert is someone who I think we might be able to use another time. Um, I'll always keep it and then I refer back. So when I'm, you know, three weeks later, if I'm writing a story, actually today was a really good example. I got a press release from someone in the rental market who was pitching their product, not something we would be interested in covering on itself. Um, But when I was writing a story about the rental crisis today, I thought, well, that's a pretty good expert, someone who's in the industry and is really close to the trends. So I'll go back to them and see if they're interested in contributing to the story about the rental crisis. Um, So that's kind of the more common way that I work with PR
0: we're getting some questions through now from the audience and Daniela asks if you'd be interested in a a corporate kindness event or awards in april with a range of keynote high high profile speakers
1: uh potentially definitely keen to get more info on email and just get yeah get a bit more context on what that's about um but yeah keen to be in the loop thank you
0: and uh jess asks uh would you be interested in commentary from retailers around the budget announcement
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. Actually, we do have a shopping team. So I look after the money um, kind of niches that we cover. But we also do have a shopping team at Finder. So uh, I can definitely introduce you to them and see if there's any coverage that they're looking at doing.
0: And uh, Daniela has a a second question. Uh, She asks, do you do coverage of profiles with CEOs? And secondly, specifically, ones who represent diversity or inclusion?
1: So um, to answer the second part of that in terms of diversity inclusion, um, that's always kind of front of mind for me. I've been a finance journalist for almost 20 years and finance is a very male dominated industry um, and there's not a huge amount of diversity still. Uh, So it's definitely something I'm always interested in. As for doing, like, profiles by themselves, we probably wouldn't um, because we're always looking with our audience, you know, at Finder it's a very consumer audience um, and they are all people who are everyday people making decisions about how to manage their money better. So it's not quite the right fit to have a profile of a CEO talking about their career or, what you know, their tips or anything like that. Um, But... um, in terms of uh, that expertise, if they kind of represent an industry or a uh, involved in an industry that our um, yeah that our readers would be interested in, then we might be yeah might be interested in kind of interviewing them for stories.
0: Uh, and Jess has clarified; she said she means uh, energy retailers around energy and climate change budget announcements.
1: That we would definitely be interested in. So we have a um, a utilities. Um, editor who works on our utilities news all the time. And I'm sure she would be interested in some of that commentary because she will definitely be, um, writing some stories next week.
0: Fantastic. Um, now to you, what makes a good pitch? What should people include in a pitch or how should they structure it to have the best chance of getting cut through with you?
1: Yeah. Um, it's such a great question. Um, and I think, uh, It really, it's brevity. Um, Having too much information in a pitch or having a big wall of text is just unlikely to get read. Um, I love when you get a pitch and it's got the top three bullet points at the top, um, because that means I can glance at it really quickly and see if it's relevant or not, because, you know, we are all very time poor in this day and age. (laughs) Um, So I don't have heaps of time to sit there and read them. I Um, I batch my emails. I think a lot of people do that these days. It's a really good way to process it. So I'll, I'll go and work and then I'll come back to my email, you know, every few hours and whatever's new there, I just kind of read it. It gets a 10, 15 second glance. Um, and if I can see straight away in the subject line that it's completely unrelated, um, and unrelated to me would be overseas. If it's like foreign, we're very much Australian based, Australian consumers. So if it says, you know, big UK trend with mortgages delete, because I, I have no, um, no no use for that information um, but if it if it looks like whatever the header is is' something that we could work with I'll click into it and then I'll straight away kind of glance and see you know what is what I'm working with there. Um, a big wall of text with lots of paragraphs and lots of jargon it's just unlikely for me to dig into it. Um, but if there's some bullet points at the top, a really clear explanation of who the um who the expert is and what their expertise is. So um it's great to say I've got um, you know, John Smith, who's the CEO of myproperty.com, but I don't probably don't know what my property is or what his expertise is. So it's much more useful to me to say Um, I've got John Smith. He's a 20-year real estate industry veteran. He's the founder of this business that, you know, is trying to uh, make it easier for 1st home buyers to get into the market. And he can talk on ABC topics. Um, That to me is information I can work with. So even if the press release and the actual information in the press release isn't something that we would use, I now have the details of that expert and I'm more likely to file it and come back to it.
0: Now, I know at the start, we kind of had a bit of a brief discussion of what you're you've been reporting on lately and what your team's interested in, but are there any topics that we didn't touch on that you are interested in at the moment?
1: Um, I mean, in our money team specifically, we're always looking at um, things that impact people's personal budgets. So that's like their home loans, credit cards, a big space at the moment is buy now pay later. Um, and we have a, I guess, an approach of just trying to educate people about it because I think buy now, pay later is something that um, is quite easy to to get into trouble with it. Um, so we are, you know, building up our content in that space. Um, home loans is always topical. You know, there's just the last two years have been pretty crazy. Um, we're now seeing first-time buyers kind of out of the market a little bit more and investors are coming back um, and we're seeing a lot of people, you know, a lot of experts and economists are now predicting that um property prices are likely to fall or at least stabilise this year with a with a potential of falling next year. So, um, you know, again, we ask the question, what does that mean to an average person? We don't want to do any very careful of not doing scaremongering we're not into clickbaity style headlines um so if we were to talk about say property prices are going to fall next year uh we wouldn't want to do a story that is just going to terrify people and make them (laughs) regret buying a property Um, but we would kind of be interested in stories that go so what does that mean for you you know if you've bought a property and now you're hearing all these headlines that property prices are going to fall Does that mean you should be worried? What can you do now to get, uh, you know, get yourself prepared in advance? Um, You know, if you don't have to sell the property for the next couple of years when property prices stabilize or or fall, um, then it's probably not going to impact you too much because you'll stay in your property and you won't realize that loss. So you don't have to be too panicked. Um, You know, that's kind of the approach that we take to try and always guide people through, you know, this is what's happening. This is how it's going to impact you. And this is how to kind of make the best decision based on what's going on.
0: You kind of gave us a brief overview of how you kind of go through your emails, but are you open to PRs following up their pitches?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think if, uh, you know, I, I totally get that that's, that's part of the job. Um, I think a, a follow up that doesn't tend to work is if you've sent an email and then you follow up with just checking to see you got this. Um, you know, if I didn't reply to the first one, I probably wouldn't reply to that. Um, I definitely, I know it's way more time consuming, but if someone calls me, I'm definitely more likely to take a look at it because they've gone to the effort of calling. So then I'll be like, oh, well, I'll, I'll make sure I go and actually look at what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, if it's a, especially I find if it's a, um, what do you call it when it's not personalized, like a group PR and it starts with a hi there. And then it follows up with hi there, just checking if you got this, it just feels like, um you know, which I totally understand is part of the PR process, but that was a group send. There's nothing probably too exclusive or, you know, targeted to my audience there. That was probably sent out to 500 people. And, you know, seeing what response you get, um, I probably wouldn't make the effort of replying because I feel like that was a group message anyway. If it's a personal message to my name and, hey, this might be of interest for Finder, I feel like if someone has gone to the effort of tailoring a an email to me that i'm definitely going to try and find the time to at least write back and say you know we w- wouldn't cover it at this time but thanks for reaching out or you know do you have any other experts or you know just kind of engage in a
0: conversation uh, and just finally what's the best email to catch you on
1: my email is my name um sarah.meganson so it's s-a-r-a-h dot m-e-double-g-i-n-s-o-n at finder.com
0: fantastic i popped that in the chat box if anyone needs it they can grab it <laughs> Sarah, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. No worries. We'll catch you later. Thanks. And thank you very much for joining us this afternoon on Influencing Insider. That was Sarah Maganson from Finder. If you need to double check anything she said, or you wanted to catch this interview again, you'll get a replay link in your inbox a little bit later this afternoon, or you can go to influencing.com forward slash insider, where all of our hundred plus episodes are available there. Um, We also have a podcast available. So if you want to catch this as a podcast version, you can just search Influencing Insider wherever you get your podcasts. So we'll be back next week with another interview on Wednesday. I'm Elliot Richardson. Until then, bye for now.